Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the San Antonio podcast. And now a word from our sponsor, plus the topic at hand. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Now It's RNJ Podcast from San Antonio. I am your host, and reason why I say RNJ because for the first time since 2021, Richard's here. Hello, everyone. I'm back. Yes, and well, what's going to be the topic for today, you say? Well, the last time we had the best and worst comic book sequels, and now we're going to do the best and worst, wait for it, video game adaptations. So just keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this is our our own you know, opinions. You may agree, you may not agree. And I just want to give a quick shout out to our listeners over in the United Kingdom. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening over in the UK. Thank you for the support. Tell your friends about this. So, uh, so I'm going to hand over the mic over to Richard. Uh, Richard, give us your three best comic book, I mean, sorry, video game adaptation movies, plus your honorable mention. So take it away, Richard. Okay. I knew it! Of course, this is the original. Not the 2021, my opinion, for obvious reasons. But the original one that started it all. And, of course, this is still to this day, still number one best video game movie of all time and uh, this one has so many uh, memories you know um, seeing this um, even playing the the video games back in the 90s where I was I was previously playing Mortal Kombat the first one on the Sega Genesis And then, about a few years later, then came the movie. Now, of course, I didn't see the movie at the time. And um, until later on, I, I, I saw it uh, later when it, when, it was, when it came out release. And um, yeah, this one right here, this is definitely my favorite one. I've, Basically, out of every, out of all of them, I would say. And plus, obviously, you know, this is, you know, my favorite um, video game, uh, fighting video game of all time as well. And uh, what I liked about this one is they got the characters right. Unlike the 2021 version, and yes, of course, it lacks blood and gore, 
But what they did really well with this is the story. And they kind of like um, basically like took the storyline from the Mortal Kombat 1 comic book. And it was very similar to what it was telling the story about the, the characters uh, leading into the movie as well. Yes. And um, and I would say my favorite fight ever is the Johnny Cage versus Scorpion fight and Scorpion's Lair. And reason for that too also is because it was playing a song called Zero Signal by Fear Factory. And that, of course, you know, that's, you know, my favorite band of all time too, Fear Factory, and also favorite song, Zero Signal as well, playing the instrumental during the fight. So that's clearly like the best fight of it. And, um, yeah, I like the, Basically, you like the, the characters too, in the movie as well, and even the locations, the costume designs, very, you know, uh, reminiscent to the games as well. The whole techno, uh, the music, even the soundtrack is great. And uh, just and I'm sorry, just real quick. Um, I just gotta say that when you said about the story, I liked how like Scorpion and Sub Zero, they're you know in the story they're bitter enemies. You know, of course, there's blood. You know, it's a blood rivalry. But I like the story how uh, Sub Zero and Scorpion are under Shang Tsung's power. That uh, to me was like. Oh my God! Are you serious? You you have you mean these are like the, you know two. I mean these two hate each other and yet they're working together under Shang Song. And to me, that speaks volume. To me, that's like, dude, you cannot ask for a perfect adaptation other than that. Like, oh my gosh, can they can they really do that, right? And it seemed to kind of worked, but yet some people disagreed on this too. Yes. You know, but it does explain it on the animated feature film, which is the Mortal Kombat Journey Begins. As well as Mortal Kombat Conquest, mm. the TNT series, also. Yes. Yep, and uh, speaking of the soundtrack, uh, it does, uh, especially uh, Typo Negative's uh, Blood and Fire uh, remix. Uh, I love that song. I love Typo Negative. I love Fear Factory. Oh, the yeah. Uh, yeah, that, so was, that was like Roadrunner Records that they're like prime right there when Roadrunner, uh, you know, that they have, you know, like Roadrunner Records. I know it's, it's totally separate, but, you know, this record label had like fear factory typo negative brujeria deicide uh king diamond and then later they had slipknot il nino 
and simple you know and well of course i forgot to mention my other favorite sepultura and uh really like this was like the top you know and then they picked two roadrunner bands for the soundtrack which is typo negative and fear factory which are in the soundtrack i mean i couldn't ask for anything more on that yeah especially the the most famous song also playing too mortal Kombat. yep by the immortals yep Yes. Test your might. Yes. That, of course, that is the, the most awesome intro for a video game movie to open that, that way. And, uh, oh yeah, and also too, what was cool about this this movie is that it actually showed a uh, combat code to use for the Mortal Kombat 3 arcade when it first came out. That was Which, freaking awesome! Yes. Yeah, and that's what that's what's really cool. What was really cool about this, and um, and it was first shown on the back. Uh, on the wall, side of the wall, that which was the in the third act where Liu Kang is fighting Reptile, and um, towards like on the on the corner of the sign like that, you clearly see like a sort of like circles and a line like that, and it turned out that it was it was actually an actual comical, and then also towards the end credits then it started putting the those combat codes in the end credits now obviously what this combat code is it's basically infinite run and i tried it myself and yes that's basically what it is because i have an arcade one up and i i use that frequently using the unlimited run. Yes. Yes, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, I have been to Richard's house and he does have the arcade, the actual cabinet, which was sold at Walmart. He does have it and it's awesome. Yes. Yeah, it's the Mortal Kombat 2 arcade one up. Yes. Alrighty. Um, yeah. I know we could talk about Mortal Kombat like all day, like all day, because it's it it's it's a really good movie. I'm gonna give my uh, opinion yeah. on that. It, it is really is, good. And this is the one I I watched the the most too. So also. so you do know, we. You know we got the Blu-rays, we got the soundtracks. But what? Of course, why not? Right. I pre-ordered the collectibles. They have a uh, Liu Kang with the green, dra- the J Dragon, and I just pre-ordered it on Entertainment Earth. And I was also ordered the uh, Scorpion and Sub Zero and Reptile uh, one fourth scale uh, figures. They're very expensive, but it's worth it because they're detailed, and I like that. Yes. Yeah, they really are. Especially like the uh, where's the Reptile, Reptile, Scorpion, and uh, Sub Zero. Uh, their cloths, uh, you know, from their outfits, uh, they're actually like scale diamonds, and that's pr- and that's pretty nice. I like that. 
and that's a that's another thing too and i remember back in the day um 1995 it was definitely the year of mortal kombat i mean it was fluctuated with everything with the you know the release of the movie the release of the mortal kombat 3 arcade later on the uh ultimate mortal kombat 3 arcade as well as the um Mortal Kombat, the live tour also. That was awesome too. And uh, and merchandises, and then comic code, I mean comic, uh, combat codes were like appearing. Basically everything like in magazines, the flyers, the movie, even the, the live act, the animated feature film too. Yes, and it was just a jam-packed uh, year, 1995. And also the the, the toys too, because I remember I I actually had one of the one of the toys as well uh, that I got from uh, Toys R Us. So so did yeah. I, uh, Toys R Us. I got a uh, Scorpion, Sub Zero, Smoke, and Raiden. I it took me a long time to find reptile and I just forgot about it, but I did have those. Yeah, the three inchers, yes. Yeah, I had those too. Yeah, and plus the Shane Sun as well. Yeah, the one, the one with the the trench coat. It was like a black cloth of a uh, trench coat. Oh yes. Yes. <clears throat> yes, and. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, basically, yeah, that's basically about, you know, everything about it, like that. It was just so, so awesome. And kick-ass, awesome. Yes, it was. Yes. So now, okay, now we'll get to, uh, yeah, we can, I can, yeah, we can really talk about Mortal Kombat all day, but yeah, just wanted to say, you know, a little bit extra here and there like that, you know, because I've done research on this too, you know, so yeah. I know okay, that, so, that, that'll be, uh, I'm sorry, that'll be another, that'll be another episode when we'll just talk about Mortal Kombat, you know, yeah. so, okay. Yeah, uh, because obviously, you know, we're, we're big Mortal Kombat fans. We, you know, we play the games, we see the movies. Yes. Yes. All right, so now, the number two best. Now this one, this is gonna be a controversial one for obvious reasons, but I will explain why with okay. this, okay? Okay. So the next one is Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh, okay, okay. The new one that just came out a couple of months ago, okay. Now this is the one I saw in theaters. Yes. Now, um, of course, I'm a you know longtime Brazilian fan as well. I had I used to have the games back in the day, and uh, the movies. Yeah, I have I have those like that, but eh, you know, basically, you know, discuss you know more about that later like that. But anyway, with this one, yes, um, this one it's kind of like a mixed bag. And, or mixed good and bad on this one. But I'm just going to say the positives first. Alrighty. What I liked about this is that 
it focused more on the story between the two games and the tone of it, even the atmosphere, the the visionary, how 1998 was. And uh, also, too, what's really cool about this is that um, it showcased iconic locations such as the Spencer's Mansion and the RPD Police Department. And um, basically, this is something that the Paul W.S. Anderson Resident Evil franchise was lacking. Which is why all those failed. This right here, this is kind of like a... It's, it really did stuck to the source material, and that's the most important thing. As the key word, source material. Yep. And that's what it did well with this. Now, of course, it does have a, some bad CGI, even at the end, of course, with the final boss battle. I think the reason for this is because they wanted to make this more like a B-rated horror flick of the late 90s. And that's something they, they actually captured really well in this. And they followed the storylines between the two the two games, especially Resident Evil, Evil 1 remake and, and the recent one, Resident Evil 2 remake as well. And that's what they did well with this. And um, but the one that really, the one that I, I liked before this one was out of all the all the W.S. Anderson uh, Resident movies, the, the only one that I liked out of all of them was Resident Apocalypse. Oh, yes. Now, of course, yes, that one is, <laughs> it's bad. But, you know, it's kind of like a guilty pleasure. And the reason I like, like that one is because the movie takes place in Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Which I had the game, and that is my favorite Resident Evil game ever, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Also, my favorite boss is Nemesis. And on that movie, you know, he looked really cool, especially with the wearing like the basically a rubber suit. It was a CGI. It was it was an actual rubber suit, and that was what they that's what they got right on that. I mean, if it was if they were to add Nemesis in the sequel or so, they're gonna they're gonna use CGI, and that's gonna look really bad. But I prefer that that design from Resident Apocalypse because it looks exactly like like in the game. The only problem that I have with that is I hated the fact that they turned Nemesis good towards the end. Bad move. Yes. That was a bad move right there, that they turned Nemesis like an anti-hero. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, 
but you know of course and it did have like a a cool soundtrack as well which you know we had the soundtrack as well yes also uh yes i don't know why but it's also uh the first two soundtracks resident evil from 20 years ago and apocalypse uh 2004 they were both done by of course uh roadrunner records which uh the first one it had slipknot's my plague uh the resident evil remix the new abusive remix and then you had uh apocalypse which had slipknot's uh vermilion also the uh uh, the Resident Evil uh, remix. Yeah. Along the with outsider, uh, the Outsider remix. Yeah, along with the uh, you know yeah, Kill Switch Engage. It's the, yeah, it's the Outsider. Uh, I mean the Rent Holder mix. Yes. Yes. And uh, I actually have that on the uh, B side of the Slipknot. Uh, uh, Subliminal verses, a uh, volume three Subliminal verses, a uh, bonus disc. I actually have that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because uh, I, yeah, I remember uh, that guy. I also saw that one in theaters as well. Yeah, Resident Apocalypse, and uh, and uh, yeah, I would say you know, it's yeah, it's 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 basically it's bad and it's good, you know, but obviously, you know, it's it's entertaining, you know, but despite you know, about the lead character, which didn't make any sense, you know, to basically push the uh, main characters to the side like that that's another thing too that they did wrong too as well but um despite all that um going back to this one is um yeah well welcome to raccoon city um another okay so now i got with the the positives out of the way now i'm going to start with the negatives the main negative about this, many people have the same opinions on this, problems with this. The characters, the actors look nothing like the characters in the games. And I do agree with that. I 100% agree with that, especially the main two characters as well. The most iconic characters also you know really did not look the part did not even act the part as well yes and of course the lack of the the bad cgi as well i mean the zombies look good yes i would say that the zombies look good like that but yes the cgi you know it does it does suffer a bit like that because this is considered to be like a basically like a low budget type uh B-rated horror film, and uh, it's kind of like you know, it's more like a Netflix type movie like that. Oh, like how it looks, right? It looks like it's it was made from like exclusively on Netflix, right? Yeah, because what was what was weird about this uh, when I was seeing the trailer about about it is that it they straight out said and it will be in theaters. It's like wow. Because when it, when you first see the the trailer, it looks like a Netflix type movie. Like it's literally made for Netflix or sci-fi. <laughs> it's it's weird how they did that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, another thing too, like 
uh, another another flaw about this is that what suffered uh, with the characters as well is the two main characters that they basically race swapped, and that is a big mistake. We cannot do that. Yeah. And therefore, this is what's going to sour the fans by the the decisions that they make. And uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, this is um, you know this is the one that I I um and I say about this. Yeah. I mean, it's got a it's got a really uh, good atmosphere, you know, and um, like a, like literally like it looks like it was shot in 1998. I mean, that's how good it really was. Um, especially like the, of course, the best parts too, obviously the Easter eggs, references that they showcased, which that's something they do a lot a lot, a lot nowadays. You know, but this one it was it was like uh, it was worth it. You know, uh, seeing the the Easter eggs and the references, and you know, like basically when you see in that, and, and then you say, "Oh, remember this? Remember that?" Like that. Yeah. Yeah. The then, uh, the nostalgia. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So now. I'm gonna get to number three best. Okay. Okay. This one might surprise people, but this one is Silent Hill. Ah, from 2006. Yes. Alrighty. Okay. Once again, this is another one that I've seen, and um, basically I've seen them all. Uh, the ones that I that I put a list down here, you know, yes, like uh, I've basically seen them all. Well, minus the other two of the last. So yeah. Anyway, um, yes. Yeah. Uh, so Silent Hill, yeah. Um, I only played the game once. Obviously, I don't just the only game that I played was just uh, Silent Hill Four: The Room. Yeah. Now, when I found out about the movie was coming out like that, I was like, wow. So there's going to be a movie coming out like that. And, uh, but basically, you know, um, since I didn't get, I didn't get a chance to play the, the original one, uh, Sonic Hill from the PlayStation. Um, therefore I, I started to see, you know, bits and clips, you know, um, uh, gameplay like that, just to get to know how it was, the, the game itself. And, uh, after, see <clears throat> after seeing the movie and, uh, it really surprised me. Uh, about it and what I like about it is because what I like is the uh, atmosphere it had a crazy uh, atmosphere you know the fog and basically like it's raining uh, ashes and this this town of Silent Hill and uh, this is a and once again this is another one that they did well they they stuck to the source material. Same goes for 
presenting you welcome to Raccoon City and Mortal Kombat 1995. And um, so basically what they did, what they did uh, different with this is the main protagonist. Instead of being having the father going to search for his daughter, they actually have the wife searching for her daughter. In Silent Hill. Yeah. So that's basically like one of the, the one of like the main uh, differences that they did. But overall, you know, the whole, the tone of it, the scenery, it was fantastic. The way the, the, how they did with the, the scenery and uh, the, the visual effects as well. The, even the creatures and of course what can I forget the most famous monster of them all Pyramid Hill oh yes or better known as the Executioner yes so that was that was cool because uh, obviously this is a this was a uh, uh, an enemy from Silent Hill 2 yeah, so obviously what this uh, this Silent Hill movie is basically based on the first game. Yeah. And, and, um, and I gotta say, this one had like the most brutal, gruesome graphic scenes. Yes. I mean, there, there are scenes that they show in this, it just makes you like, like cringe almost, you know like that but but that's what they you know that's basically what they did well with this it just made it gruesome and and sickening even the the kills and the the blood and the gore and all that like that yeah and um so yeah and uh, and I'm gonna and I gotta say real quick about uh, Pyramid Head, the Executioner. I was uh back in 2013, we had uh the first ever Alamo City Comic Con at the Henry B. Gonzalez Center back in October of 2013, and somebody cosplay made the actual executioner costume they cosplayed as pyramid head from silent hill i saw that and i was like oh my god they they actually did it it was so awesome how they they did it they cosplayed it and they did it perfect with the uh actual foam weapon it was so awesome and that is creative yes oh, i yes. kid you not i i saw my own two eyes i was like they pulled it off like perfect yeah. Yeah, that's that's um, yeah, and that's basically that's the basically the most popular enemy of the games. Yeah, Pyramid Head, the most notorious <laughs> uh, character. Yeah, the Executioner as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So yeah, basically yeah, this movie it's it's really creepy. It's really creepy and, and uh, you know just uh, 
just don't write insanity like it's it's crazy like that. Um, the the amount of effects that they showed in there like that, yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, so now, okay. So now we got that. Now I'm gonna start off with honorable mention. Okay. Alrighty. Here it is. All right. So my honorable mention is this is, and now this one here is this kind of an unexpected one. This is something that nobody doesn't talk about. This one is Mortal Kombat: The Journey Begins. Ah, okay. You remember this one, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because um, I have to. I, me- I remember I used to have the VHS uh, back in the day when the movie, when the live action movie was first coming up. This was this one came up uh, basically first. Yes, and basically what's uh, obviously you know it does show age with this, and uh, this is basically like a. Reboot. You remember that the show reboot, the CGI animation. Oh uh, yes, that show. was that was your favorite show. Yes, Saturday Saturday morning cartoons. Yes, reboot. And basically, uh, what the uh, what I liked about the the journey begins. Yeah, it, it basically combines CGI and animation. And this is the one that tells the story how Scorpions of Zero team up together with, uh, along with Shane Son. And uh, this this was basically like uh, this one takes place before the movie. Yeah. Ah, okay. Now I get it. Okay, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And then that's when, uh, yeah, because I did research about that, and it basically, yeah, uh, and it, it does explain why you like that, because you got it always, obviously, this is like a a prequel to the movie. This is basically like a prequel setting up for the live action movie like that, and plus it even says in the ending, uh, with Raiden says, "Prepare yourself." For Mortal Kombat, the movie. Yeah. Yes. And it starts like, like that. And uh, yes, this was really this was really cool too. And um, and uh, I, I obviously what's interesting about this, they actually included this in the Blu-ray. Also. And of course, you and I have the Blu-rays. Yes. Uh-huh, and that's it has, correct. And it has that feature as a bonus. So that's awesome. Yeah, and I remember uh, I rent uh, my mom rented it for me at Blockbuster as well. Yeah. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And um, and this was very very creative. You know how to you to utilize like an animated feature uh, film leading up to the the live action movie. Yeah. And uh, 
and what, what I like about this is that it showcases like the the CGI fight fight scenes. <clears throat> like the the first fight scene was Shang Tsung versus the the uh, Temple Monk. Yeah, you remember that that sequence, right? I say. Yes, I do. Yeah. How uh, takes. How Shang Tsung takes down the the temple monk, and then he steals the soul, and it and and the soul comes out of the body, and it forms into a soul ball like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it was it had a really cool effect like that. Yeah. And um. And basically, uh, what it showcased uh, that uh, basically uh, three fight sequences, which was that one, and then the the next one was. Goro versus Durok, and then the the, the third one is showcase Kung Lao versus Goro. Yeah, and uh, obviously you know this is a, a very short uh, film, you know, but uh, it has great moments on this. Yeah. Despite, you know, like uh, how this movie, you know, really doesn't age at all, you know, <laughs> the way the 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 CGI with the animated combined like that, yeah. I mean, that's something that they fixed after this one. They made they uh, a few years later. Then came, um, I think, one year later. I would say. Then came uh, Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Round. Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, that one right there. Okay, that one, they really got that one really, really well because, you know, it it basically eliminated the CGI uh, uh, effects on that. It was, and it just went straight on animated, like a cartoon like that. And that's, they really did well on that. Yeah. And, uh, and what, what also what, what's interesting about this and what I like about this as well is uh, towards the end uh, after when it, when it was finished then it starts showcasing the bios of the characters of the seven characters from the first game it showcases about their their age their 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 heights their their stats and then starts um showcasing their moves their, their their fatalities all those like that all focusing all seven characters of uh, was basically luke kane johnny cage sonya blade shane song sub-zero scorpion and even goro as well yeah. Prince Goro. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. And, yeah. and this one, of course, this also, uh, towards the, the credits sequence, then it started showcasing the comic code, which is basically the same uh, comic code from the movie, which is the unlimited uh, run. Yeah. I would start showcasing it like during the credits roll like that, and then it's like, like that, and they kept going like this, and they go like that. Yeah, and then towards the end, in the sh- and they showcase all of them like that, like that. So that was really neat. 
But so, yeah. yes, I mean that is wow. I mean that that is like really really awesome for your picks, man. I mean, like yes, and if anybody's uh interested, um, of course by now if you haven't seen the first Mortal Kombat '95, see what do you, it. see it? What are you waiting for? See yeah. it. And also, you know, do a comparison between the 1995 versus 2021 version one as well. Yes. And see the differences of those two. Now, obviously, there's one that is going to have some some things, and there's going to be the other one that's going to have some things on it. Yes, because I, I I've seen twenty twenty one and um, yes, yeah, and uh, yep, yeah, and those are my picks so far. Those are your picks. Well, like I said, they're excellent. Yeah. Uh, like I mentioned, watch Mortal Kombat five if you haven't seen Resident Evil Raccoon City. It's another recommendation, and of course Silent Hill from two thousand six, another one, and of course. Uh, Mortal Kombat: The Journey Begins and Defend and Mortal Kombat: Defenders of the Realm. Those are the top. Those are the tops. Yes. Re- recommendations. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, here are my top best. So there will be a few controversial ones, but one hopefully everybody can agree on. And my first pick is, of course, it's the controversial one. The controversial one was back a few years ago back in uh 2020 which my first pick is for my best is sonic the hedgehog why because it an entire internet and fan base bullied a studio to change the design of this of sonic the hedgehog oh yes sir. i didn't remember that Yes, I mean, when I saw it, I was like, what the hell is this, you know? And, <laughs> and coming from the makers of the Fest and the Furious franchise, that's it, something right there, too. I was like, are you serious? Like, you gave Sonic teeth. I mean, what what is this? Yes. And to it's me... Ugly Sonic. <laughs> it was, oh, speaking of Ugly Sonic, there it, he's on the new uh, Chip and Dale movie on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that's like, that's... I gotta say real quick, that movie is like a really messed up, woke Roger Rabbit on acid. <laughs> that movie, yeah. to me, it sucked. You made Peter Pan the new Judge Doom. I mean, I would say piss on that. But anyway, back to Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, when they redesigned Sonic and they redid the trailer, I was like, okay, it, it, it looks better. It, it it you know better than that abomination which they had you know that they had uh yes that they had coolio uh gangster's paradise and i'm like okay making no sense it it didn't i agree it, yes it did not it did not fit the character no it did, i'm like what the hell is this but then when they did when they redid the trailer yeah. with the maybe new with dis- what's what was that maybe with knuckles oh but that's part 2 yeah, yeah. Um, which part two? Uh, oh, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the first one was like okay. So I actually saw it. I well, I didn't see it, but I bought the Blu-ray. And believe it or not, uh, I bought the Blu-ray at Walmart. And you know how most Blu-rays right right now, 
I know we still buy Blu-rays. I know. Sometimes we stream. Sometimes we don't. We get the physical copies. But yes, I was at Walmart and there was somebody out in the wild. I couldn't believe it. There was actually a worker on the floor. <laughs> and um, I looked at the Sonic the Hedgehog. I looked at the price and it said $9.99. And I'm like, excuse me, is this the price for it? Picks up the DVD, scans it, hands it back to me. He says, yep, it's $9.99. I said, thank you. I wow. took it because most the most Blu-rays are like $24, uh, $22.00. This was nine ninety nine. I said, "Well, this is a good deal, and I wanted to see it." You know, I heard. You know, I want to judge for myself, see for myself what this movie was about. So I, I, t- I bought it. I went and I saw it, and I'm like, "Oh, this movie's not bad." You know, it's like that fish out of water story. You know, of course. And then with Jim Carrey being Doctor Robotnik, it's like, okay, this is one of those movies where I'm gonna mention later where you do have like a premise, but then like. Okay, it's like, okay, well, why isn't he like Dr. Eggman? Why isn't he fat? Why does he have the mustache? No, okay, this is like a build-up to it. So, with Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, it's trying to get back into his world, so on and so forth. You know the whole deal. It's it's that type of story where it, it kind of goes like that. But it, it was fun, you know. It was like Sonic being Sonic. I enjoyed the new design of it. And, like I said, it, it, was, really, it was really good and how... Uh, it's crazy, like, because Sonic came out with these shoes. And to me, with these shoes, like, he kind of, like, he messed them up because it was from another world. When he went, when James Marsden brought him to, over to his girlfriend's house, uh, she has a daughter. And the daughter gave him the classic red and white shoes. And that's what was like, oh, my God, that was so awesome. You know, it was one of those, like, <gasps> like those that complete classic look. Of Sonic, the red and white shoes, the giant oversized shoes. And this, by the way, this is one of the few times that they actually listen to the fans. Yes. Change this major change. And just to think, if they stuck to the original design, it would have failed. And I wouldn't have been talking. And I wouldn't have been talking about it right now. So that's why they did a great job of like listening to the fans. Like, okay, we want this movie to succeed. What do we do? Let's listen to the fans. Let's redesign Sonic. Yeah, instead of giving him a realistic look, they gave him a cartoony look, which was like, okay, not bad. Like, all right, we'll, we'll see it. And yeah, and which spawned the sequel, Sonic 2, with Sonic and Tails and Knuckles, which... I have not seen it, but oh my god, I wanted to see it. But due to a uh, certain uh, certain situation I was going through, I wasn't able to see it. But I am going to see it eventually. I am, no worries. I am going to go see it uh, when and it comes out on Blu-ray. I'll I'll see it. And apparently, there seems to be um, I think a bonus ending as well. Yes. Yes. And of course, that's going to lead to uh, the sequel. Yeah. Yep. Sequel, which is great. It is, and I don't mind seeing Sonic the Hedgehog. I do not mind seeing you know this because uh, they actually, I mean, they didn't really, uh, they didn't really adapt. You know, like it, like I said, it was like a fish out of water type story. But uh, with Sonic and Knuckles, uh, like I mentioned, I I've played these games a lot, and uh, I did have the Nintendo sixty four. That was like my, my first system, and I'll get to that later. 
But the one system that I really did play the hell out of was the Sega Genesis. And the first game that I got was Sonic 2. And I enjoyed the hell out of that game. I played Sonic 3, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic Pinball. I played all the Sonics. And I played Sonic and Knuckles with, you know, the dual cartridge where you put the Sonic 2 cartridge on top and you can actually play Knuckles and Sonic 2, which, you know, well, it's it's yeah, really it's, awesome. Uh, yeah, the Sonic and Knuckles expansion. Uh, the cartridge, uh, yes. Yeah, I like that, by the way, yes. I, I love it, too. I, I, I want to order the, I want to buy the shirt from, uh, from, I want to order the shirt, the Sonic and Knuckles logo. I want to order that. And what's great too is you can even play Sonic the Hedgehog three with Sonic and Knuckles as well. Yes, yeah, Son- Sonic Sonic three like and the, and Sonic yeah. two. Yeah, and that's like the best the best combination to to play like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I honestly, yeah, since I'm a big Sonic fan, like I was like, okay, it was about time that they made a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and yeah, I, and I do uh, ironically, and uh, right now I wore these. Uh, Puma, the shoe uh, outfitter, they made Sonic the Hedgehog shoes, and I have them, and I wear them, and they have the they have the three they have the rings in the back, on the sole they have the Sonic head, and it's and the shoes are, bl- are solid black with red and blue, I and uh, like I said these are the Sonic the Hedgehog Pumas I have these and I wear them because they are so awesome, uh, I have Sonic socks I. You know, like Sonic the Hedgehog is like my favorite, one of my favorite video game characters. Yes. And with that movie, yes, I gotta say that's another recommendation. You know, it is. It's it's it's, it's a fun movie. Honestly, and they this, did a good job. Yeah, this this one this is this is definitely a a big huge huge surprise uh, because this one it it basically ended up being the second best video game movie. Next to Mortal Kombat, 1995. Yes, in modern t- yes, this that was uh, yeah. even though Mortal Kombat was like the past, and now this one is the modern time one. Yes, of yes. the new generation. Of the new generation because of Sonic. Yes. And so now my second pick is Street Fighter Two, the animated the animated movie. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> oh, I got everybody there. I got everybody. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, Okay. Okay. So, um, ah, okay. Okay. To counterpart Mortal Kombat, uh, Street Fighter. Uh, I like Street Fighter. You know the Hadouken. You know and all that. So I. So I'm on. Uh, I have Amazon Prime and uh, the Prime Video, and this is where everybody can stream it. And I gotta say, it's a great recommendation. It's Street Fighter Two. The, uh, the reason why it's called Street Fighter Two is because it's based off the video game. Street Fighter 2. It's not the sequel to the 95 movie, which I'm going to get to later. This actually came before the live-action Shang-Glam Van Damme movie, believe it or not. It really did. That's why it's like, well, why is it called Street Fighter 2? It has nothing to do with the live-action. It's because this movie is, uh, you know, the story. It's an expanded story from Street Fighter 2. So this movie, it's it's an anime, and if you're big anime fans, uh, this is a big recommendation. You can find this on Amazon Prime, and I gotta say, this movie, believe it or not, is uncensored. This is the uncensored version of the movie. Now, the reason why I say this is because you gotta be careful. Uh, you gotta make sure you get the uncensored version, because the uncensored version is a lot better. 
because it just shows a lot more. But there is one thing that took me by surprise, and I looked this up, and the version that they have on Amazon Prime is the uncensored version. And how it is is that, well, of course, they show uh, uh, Chun-Li in the shower. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh, well, whatever, it's PG-13, whatever. Okay, I was wrong. Uh, They showed full frontal everything. They show Chun-Li's backside. They even show her uh, bare breasts, nipples in the shower. And I was like, holy smoke. So, you know, I had to like, like what? Like it's PG-13. And I'm like, it doesn't look like it to me. (laughs) Because I'm like, "Uh, okay. uh," And it's just almost like a a Titan AE situation. Yes. Oh, remember Titan AE, everybody? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it took. Oh, yeah. That, and I was like, oh my! And like I said, like I said, it's PG thirteen. You're not gonna see nudity. You're not. You know. You're not. I was not expecting it, and you're not gonna expect it. But when they show Shun Lee like in all her glory, I was like, holy crap! Uh-huh. You know, I was like, dude, and. There was a reason why. It's because, you know, it's like, oh, damn, you know, Chun-Li is so, like... And the thing is, too, you would think they would do that with Cammy. No. Uh Uh-uh, no, it was was Chun-Li. And and it's a trick, too, because they show, you know, like I said, you know, they show Chun-Li and all that. And uh, what ends up happening is that uh, Vega, uh, like, of course, uh, Bison sends Vega to go assassinate or kill Chun Li, and that's what actually happened because they're like, okay, she's in the shower, she gets out of the shower, she relaxes, and all of a sudden here goes Vega and just total like beats her down. Like he just, it's like I said when I say uncensored, there's blood and you know there's like blood from Vega's claws. It's it was just brutal after. So you get the whole nudity and and blood on the in the same scene, pretty much in the same sequence. So, it's really good, and I gotta say, you know, like, with the Ryu, uh, Ken, and of course, the soundtrack is great. Uh, again, a great movie comes with a great soundtrack, and this one, it has Alice in Chains, Silver Chair, and Korn, and they played Korn's Blind in the end of the, in the end of the movie, and then, uh, with Ken, uh, with, uh, Ken, they play, uh, he plays Alice in Chains, Them Bones, and also uh, Silver Chair's uh, Israel Son. It, these are great songs from 1994. These are, these are so awesome. I, I like it. This movie is great uh, for, you know, like if you're not a big anime fan, uh, I would definitely say watch this movie. You will not be disappointed if you're big, if you, or if you like Street Fighter and anime. This movie is great for you. Uh, the story's great. The soundtrack is perfect. Uh, all in all, this should have been my number one. But of course, I had to go with you know my first pick, which was Sonic. But with Street Fighter Two, the anime, the uncensored version, I would say go for that one honestly because you get more content. You you know the the fights are bloody and like I said, there is an un, you know there's the if you're a, if you're a horn dog if you're a perv you like Chun Li in the shower but uh but honestly it's just like how it is like the how they made these characters you know like like I said between like I mentioned between Vega and Chun Li it was just so brutal 
that you think like okay they go they can only do this in you know in animated for in uh, fashion and then of course the whole the whole Ryu and everything you know how the characters are it's 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 just uh it's just awesome you know for this so I I do highly recommend it. if you have Amazon Prime Video look this up watch it I believe it is free and you can watch this, this is the one recommendation uh I can wholeheartedly give because it is so awesome I love this movie it's Street Fighter Two the animated movie and apparently there was also a cartoon series as well yes. Of the same, yep. But but with uh but with the uh, Street Fighter two, I would say yes. It's a highly I highly recommend it. It is so good. Like I said, if you love anime, if you love Street Fighter, go for this movie. If you're not a big anime fan, I would say start with this. Um, you will not be disappointed. It is really good. You know, there's there's things from the game that you cannot like. Oh my gosh! Like yeah, it it's really that good. And so for my third pick. It's a bit of a controversial one, of course, and you would say it have it would be on the on the on the worst list, but no. This movie, brace yourselves, everybody. Super Mario Brothers. Oh wow! From nineteen ninety three. Yes. Well, the oh. reason why this is my best movie is because it was like the first ever. Believe it or not, the first ever comic book adaptation movie. The first. There have been video game movies like, you know, like Wizard and War Games. No, this is the one movie that started it all. And this movie led to Mortal Kombat. You know, like, okay, what do, like, whatever Super Mario Brothers did, you do the opposite. And what do you get? Mortal Kombat. <laughs> You know, because, and believe it or not, this movie came out two years, believe it or not, before Mortal Kombat 95, because Super Mario Brothers came out in 1993, and two years later, two years later, Mortal Kombat came out. So, with Super Mario Brothers led to Mortal Kombat, it's like, okay, you, okay, because like I said, Mortal, uh, Super Mario Brothers was the first ever comic book adaptation, uh, video game, uh, you know, adaptation movie. That was yes. the first, and then followed by Mortal Kombat. So it's like I said, you know, you had Super Mario Brothers. It's like, okay, do what Super Mario Brothers did, but the exact opposite. Source material, uh, get get the story right, and everything. And, and a very complicated uh, cast as well. A very uh, unusual casting choices as well, right? Yeah, well, not really. No, uh, the cast is great. Uh, Bob Huskins, like I mentioned from uh, from Roger Rabbit, he he's a British guy. Like I said, shout out to everybody in the United Kingdom. He's he's an English actor, but how he pulls off the voice, you know, in Roger Rabbit, how he pulls off the you know the L.A. voice, you know, the Los Angeles detective voice, and then oh, he yeah. and then he pulls off the you know the new york brooklyn accent you know like everybody's got tap water you know uh in uh, in super mario brothers uh he, he's just very talented you know may he rest in peace but you know he's a very talented actor and he he pulled off mario like big time great john leguizamo's luigi that's one for us in the hispanic community <laughs> that's one for us and um really and okay now that isn't very uh Unusual casting choice. Well, yes, but John uh, Leguizamo pulled it off good. Yeah. 
But uh, other than... Uh, but obviously, the most interesting choice, cast of Princess Peach, Samantha Mathis. No, it's Princess Daisy. Okay. Yeah, it's Princess Daisy. So what happened? And uh, it's a, and it's a fun. Okay, so they changed. Okay, they changed the name, right? Yeah, it was Princess Daisy. It wasn't Princess Peach. Uh, oh, yeah. Fun. Uh, there's another fun fact that I that I looked. Um, I was watching the cinema uh, cinema uh, rental reviews uh, earlier today because I had found out something earlier, and I was like, wait, I just needed to know what happened. Uh, I just needed to refresh my memory that uh, Mario's girlfriend in the movie. Uh, I forgot her name, but supposedly her middle name is Pauline. And Pauline is the one that gets kidnapped by Donkey Kong. Really? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, That is. it wasn't Daisy. It wasn't Peach. It was Pauline, who was like the original girl that Donkey Kong kidnaps. Okay, and that was kind of fun, you know. That was a good of a, that was a bit of a fun fact. I said, okay, because with with Super Mario, of course, yeah, a lot of people say it's a bad movie. It's really bad. It sucks. No, it's like I appreciate this movie for what it is. And this movie, I've I've yeah, seen. Why, what is the, why is that? Is it because of the campiness of the term they always use? No, it wasn't campy. It's because this movie tried to be like you know, it it tried to be like its own deal. But the thing is, is that they did a lot of references, you know, like bomb, you know, they have bomb with little Reeboks, you know, as he's going at, and that's pretty powerful. How Dennis Hopper, uh, Koopa or Bowser, uh, how he's the T-Rex and how Dennis Hopper is, uh, how he mimics the moves of a T-Rex using his arms. And then, uh, what I liked is that it's practical, uh, like practical effects. What they did with Yoshi is that he looks like, you know, uh, one of the Velo- uh, the Velociraptors, and that was one of the Velociraptors that was you, you know, like uh, that they used from Jurassic Park. It was done by Stan Winston again. He used a uh, raptor design, one of the raptor designs from Jurassic Park, but he used, but it was more of a friendly raptor, better than the vicious raptors from uh, the from Jurassic Park, which came out two weeks after Super Mario Brothers was released. So. Uh, with this, like, I enjoy it because I see this movie a lot. Uh, there's a lot of references, you know, how, you know, with, you know, with, uh, Toad, uh, the Goombas, the Shy Guys. Uh, this movie, like, even though, yes, it does have its, fa- you know, it has its fan base. I'm one of the fans as well. I love the costumes as well. I love, uh, it took them a while, but it built, but like I said, it builds up to something greater. Like I mentioned with Sound of the Hedgehog with Jim Carrey. Like, okay, why isn't he fat? Why isn't he Dr. Eggman? They're building it up for the sequel. And with this one, with Super Mario Brothers, they built for the, you know, the classic costumes. Mario with the red and blue, Luigi with the blue and green. It, it fits so well. And then you had the Reeboks. Like, Reebok was heavenly used in this movie as the official shoe for this movie and then you know you had the soundtrack with Megadeth uh, with Marky Mark I actually have the soundtrack as well it's, it's it's pretty decent it's pretty good you know I listen to it every now and then and um, really it's it's just been a fun movie it's you know with me it's like one of those movies you have to like turn off your brain and just watch it you know it, it's not the perfect movie but it's it's a really good movie it's it's a really good time you know, it's it is entertaining. Like I said, and there's a lot of references. If you've been like, again, I'm a, 
I'm a, I'm a fan of Super Mario as well. You know, I'm like, you know, I like Sonic. I like Super Mario. You know, I like Street Fighter, like Mortal Kombat. You know, like I just grew up just playing video games because I have a cousin who is a very big time avid uh, video gamer. He loves uh, Tekken. He loves Street Fighter, you know, Mortal Kombat plays all these games and he's really that damn good and that's where i grew up you know and there's people that are like yeah you've you know you've had cousins that they play these games and you get all inspired and then you start playing them and then yeah with me i started with the with the sega genesis you know with the nintendo 64 played super mario 64 got a sega genesis i was playing sonic the hedgehog and you know so on and so forth and that's where it all evolved from there because we had family we had cousins that played these games and that made us want to play them and we play them and we see these movies as well. They're like, well, okay, they got this reference down. They got this. They got that. And, you know, it's just, the, you know, with Super Mario, it was just so fun. You know, it's like, okay, well, this movie sucks. Well, you know what? I learned to appreciate what it is. I, I could see it was the first ever uh, video game adapted movie. And that's yeah. what led the way to Mortal Kombat. Like I said, whatever Super Mario Brothers did, you do the opposite. And that's what Paul W. Anderson did. He understood the assignment. He saw Super Mario and says, well, I can do better than this. I'll do Mortal Kombat and expand the story. And that's what happened. And with Super yeah. Mario, uh, there was a lot of things with this movie where it's like, okay, they're doing this, they're doing that. But yet, I see for it what it is. And plus, fun fact... Uh, Ninja Turtles. This is the same cement factory that they used in Ninja Turtles One, with the Wayward Teens. You know the the Foot Clan headquarters. Oh yeah. That that's why I'm like yeah. I knew this movie had something. There was something to it, and that's what it was. I mean, yeah, I could. Uh, yeah. with, you know how they made the characters. They really did make them realistic. And that's that's what's really good. Yep, with the uh, with uh, you know Iggy and Spike and uh, you know like I said Pauline Daisy they want they, they had Peach but Peach was more of Mario's girl, but they see they saw that okay like you had Samantha Math uh, Mathis as as a uh, Princess Peach with the uh, older Bob Huskins it it was gonna be cringe and creepy so they had uh, Daisy and luigi which that made a lot more sense and that was like less uh less creepy and less cringy yeah. with uh with just luigi and daisy so it made a lot more sense with the, especially with the age gaps as well yeah that's what i was saying yes with uh with bob huskins and uh, samantha mathis i said no i wouldn't have worked and and you know what and it did that was one of the things they got right was not pairing uh samantha mathis and uh, bob hoskins but they did with uh with her and uh, john leguizamo uh, that was um, and that was good on that part. So Super Mario Brothers. Uh, I know it's not available on streaming services, but I, I did find the DVD at Walmart. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I found it at HEB. I, I actually found the DVD and I bought it. And my mom was like, "Oh my gosh, you found that!" I said, "I found it. I I found Super Mario for five dollars, and I have it. And I saw it a few weeks ago. I just saw it recently." And it was good. So yeah, um, if you can find it on a DVD, uh, you will not. Uh, you may be disappointed, or you may like it. You may see it for what it is. But yeah, it's a really good movie. Uh, even though like it, it, it's so bad, it's actually good. But yes, uh, Super Mario Brothers. And now for my honorable mention, this was kind of tough. This was a. Uh, 
This was a tough one. But I got to say for this one that I do as an honorable mention. And that is... Richard, I'm sorry. Mortal Kombat 2021. Okay. <laughs> it was like, okay. Sorry, Alrighty. Reason, reason why is because I, uh, like, like you said, you know, in 1995, is best one ever, number one favorite. I saw this movie with, uh, with, with this girl I was talking, you know, Kurt, you know, who I'm talking, who I was uh, talking to. Well, we're still, we're still talking, you know, we're, we're still talking friends, but we actually saw uh we actually saw this we actually saw this twice and what i liked about 2021 mortal kombat 2021 is the uh was the kills those the fatalities i freaking liked how kung lao used his hat as a buzzsaw and and to me that reminded me of the video game mortal kombat 9 from 2011 yep that's which still have it too. I know that game was so freaking awesome. I love that game. Uh, I so when I saw twenty twenty one, then there was a new guy which he turned into the bronze kneecap from uh, Fairly Odd Parents, uh, Cole Young, who was who turned into the bronze kneecap. But what I liked is that the most infamous Mortal Kombat character ever, Cole Young. The bronze kneecap. Okay. But uh, what I liked is that he actually... This, this dude fought Goro in a barn. Which that was pretty cool. But what I liked is that uh, how Kano... Like Sonya Blade capt- finally captured Kano. And of course, in good old fashioned classic... Kano double crosses Sonya Blade. Yes. What a surprise! Hey. What a, yeah, and that's why I was like, I just turned, I just turned to my friend, she, I just turned to her, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, like who could have seen that coming, right?" She was like, "You," and she was like, "You know he was gonna do that, right?" And I said, "Yeah, he was gonna double cross her. Yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew that." And some of the kills and the fatalities, like she would like just put her hands in here, like yes, and then we like we start high fiving each other, everything. So it was a good. So with Mortal Kombat 2021, I gotta say it's an honorable mention, even though like, like yeah, you know when you do see Mortal Kombat one and twenty one, uh, Mortal Kombat ninety five and twenty one, uh, you will see like a big big time comparison. But with twenty one. It, you know, like I said, that does hold a special place in my heart, knowing that it was a when I saw it, it, it was such a good, it was such a good night. You know, when when me when me and my friend saw it, when it, when it was her, uh, when we saw it, we actually saw it twice. Like I said, we saw it twice. Like uh, she came over and we saw it again. And just recently, I said, well, they're going to make Mortal Kombat two. She said, we gotta go see it next year. No matter, I said, no matter what, we're gonna see Mortal Kombat two in twenty twenty three. Gonna go see it. No matter what, we're gonna go see it. So it is agreed that we're gonna go see Mortal Kombat, uh, Mortal Kombat Two, and what I liked first and foremost is the fight scene with Sub Zero and Scorpion in the gym, where everything was like it was so awesome. Uh, I don't know, it was just that when he said "Get over here," you know, oh my God, it was so, yeah. it was awesome. Like I didn't know who to root for because I like Sub Zero, but at the same time, Scorpion was like the good guy and i was like dude nice and we're it was like i said it was such a good time and then of course the johnny cage uh teaser 
in the ending. So it, it was. It was. Going to be right. Reeves? No. <laughs> it better not be the Miz. I swear to God. <laughs> Uh, in, in case, in case if uh, uh, my friend, in case if you're listening, uh, the Miz is a WWE wrestler, which me and Richard we both hate. So, um, yeah, it better not be him. It better be somebody. Better be somebody worthy. Yeah, it better be somebody worthy. Not, not him. Not him. <laughs> but uh, other, other than that, uh, like yeah, and I gotta say yes. And like I said, Richard, I'm sorry, but. Yes, I mean, like I said, it had its, you know, Mortal Kombat 2021, it had its, you know, it has its moments, you know. Like I said, you know, it, it's, it's it's something different from 95. But 95 has to reign supreme. Uh, but with 21, well, I do one, I do well, enjoy this it. This one does have what the, the 1995 did not have is, of course, Blood and Gore. The, vi- the, the extreme brutal violence. And, and, of course, the, the number one thing, it's rated R. Yes, and that's what everybody asked for. That, also, that's and what, that was, and that was one of the main complaints about the original because it was PG thirteen. There's no blood. There's no gore. There's fatalities. There is, but without the blood and gore, but it still worked. I mean, even the the fight scene with uh, Sonya Blade versus Kano and the nineteen ninety five version. I mean, she just snapped his neck oh yes the infamous give me a break yeah. okay boom right there and okay. with this one the and just seeing uh like people being split open was just like oh my god this is so awesome even like i i i mean i guess you could say me me and my friend were kind of like twisted but we just enjoyed like seeing somebody getting split open like that seeing like the you know the internal organs and all that. I mean, it it was really nice. That's why I have to make it as my honorable honorable mention on yeah. that. That's why I'm like, yeah, it does it does have you know the you know the fatalities. Yeah, they're good. You know, so um, good. They're really good. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's bloody. You know, and um, you can tell that they kind of bases this movie from the current game, Mortal Kombat 11. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, it was it was uh, heavily inspired of uh, Mortal Kombat 11, especially with the costume designs of Scorpions of Zero. Oh yes, I, I really do like these. I mean, with ninety five and uh, with ninety five and twenty one, I like the costume designs on, on them. Yeah, I like how they made Sub Zero the bad guy and and uh. Scorpion, the good guy in this one. Uh, this one was pretty badass. I, I I like this. Oh, by the way, just to just to add something too, uh, I wanted to clarify something. Uh, wanted to mention one one thing from the the first movie, the nineteen ninety five version, and the ending, Lucane versus Shane Song, the final fight. Right. Oh yeah. I know people complain about the moment when uh, Liu Kang push Chainsaw off and then gets spiked. Yes. And then the word flawless victory. Now, the thing is, okay, uh, what people don't understand is, you know how when you play the games, you know you, you can 
go one round, two round, sometimes three rounds, right? Yes. Okay. This is something that I figured out. First and foremost is Liu Kang wins the first round against Shang Tsung. Yeah. Okay. And then where 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 Shang Tsung says you fool. Okay, that's the first round. The second round, Shang Tsung wins, where he where he says the chosen one. And then of course the third final round is Liu Kang starts being Shang Tsung nonstop like that, and Shang Tsung then not has not a chance to 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 throw a fist at him like that. Exactly, and and, and, and so that the whole time you see Liu Kang getting the upper hand, pa 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 like that, being like like that, and then he knocks him off. Yeah, well, with, with the yeah. with the infamous uh, fireball, you know, from from the game, the fireball. He does the fireball. So therefore, on the third round, he gets a flawless victory. Yep, he does. This now. Remember, you can win two rounds, sometimes a third round, and that's how you get a flawless victory because you don't get hit throughout the match and that was the message using flawless victory i know and a lot of people are saying that wait a minute no it's not because luke king got hit and i was like no it you know how you broke it down you did it in specific uh specific rounds like yeah round one and then all of a sudden like yeah the yeah because he beats shang song the first time and then the second one was just the chosen one and then yeah that's where that's where it all is and then the third round that's when uh, he gets fooled where Shang Tsung disguises himself as Chang, Liu Kang's brother, and then that's when he starts beating him down, and that's where the flawless victory. Yep. Yep. So there, therefore, I just wanted to put that, put that out there like that, just to put that message out there, just to really solve this mystery, so to speak. Yes, like why, like, like, wait a minute, no, it's not, it's not flawless victory, but it's like, how oh, you broke it down, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because remember, when they first fight, Liu Kang wins the first round, then Shane Son wins the second round, then Liu Kang wins the third round. With no hits. With no hits. That's flawless victory. And that's the flawless victory, and that's what they got right, just like in the game. Plus, of course, there was a bonus uh, round. Uh, oh yeah, that's another thing too that they that they got that they did really uh, really well is towards the end the outworld uh, sequence where Luke Kane finds reptile as a lizard form. Yes, and then that's when he gets inside the throws him like that and it gets inside the statue like that and then turns into Fordong human reptile and then the, of course the Steve Ritchie announcer Mortal Kombat 2 reptile and then it plays uh, what is it uh, then it plays the uh, the song you know like the uh, Tracy Lord's remix yes yeah and that right there that is a bonus fight just like in the first game 
Yep. It says, you know, you found me, now prove yourself. Yep. Yeah, I just wanted to, to just, mention those two. Just like throw it out there, yeah. yeah. And now we were, and now going back to what you were saying about the 2021, about the fatalities, and once again, Luke King does say the word fatality because he basically fatality cabal. Yep, he does. So once, yeah, so that right there, yes, it makes sense right there. That's the reason why he said the word fatality. And it wasn't just one of those one-liners that they, they, they mentioned like that. No, it's just he he literally fatality come on. That's a fatality. That's what he said said the word. And that's right and that right there were me and Fram like, Oh my god, he said it you know, it was it was awesome. Yeah. That's well, why obviously I, obviously it would have it would have been better if it was Shane Song what is it, fatality. But, you know, take it for the great, you know, I know because like this I mean the dude who played the this this Shang song was like I wasn't really feeling it. I was gonna say I was gonna be honest, like I wasn't really feeling it, but uh when it was uh Kerry Tagwa, like that dude can he freaking nails it, man. That dude I mean I don't wanna sound racist or anything, but every time I see him I'm like, dude, that's Shang song right there because yeah. uh he he plays it iconic, you know, uh one of the most uh, best villains, and you know what the and he had the charisma as well. Yeah, and and every and every like movie he's been in, whether it be a comedy, another kung fu movie, uh, he nails it, man. He's he's a very talented actor. You know, he really like I hate to typecast him in like like oh my god that Shang Tsung, but you know what? He's he's really he he's a great, tremendous actor. You know, he he really is, and I and I like his style too. You know, he's. Yeah. Uh, he, he, I think he's born a few days before my birthday, but yeah, I mean, he he really pulls that off big time. And and plus, what's cool about this is that he is an he's actually a playable character in Mortal Kombat 11. Yes, which I have, and it is awesome. As himself. Yep. Voice and all, he he really nails it. Yes. Alrighty, so uh, like I mentioned, we could talk about, like I was talking about Mortal Kombat. That's a, that's a separate episode on its own. But now yeah. we're gonna get to the bottom of the barrel, the worst of the worst. So Richard, uh, what is the worst video game adaptation movies ever? What is your three and your dishonorable mention? The floor is yours. Okay. This one right here, this I'm, I know this is really gonna piss me off <laughs> with this. I might I might rant on this, but just you know, sit tight, okay? Okay, with this, uh, I'm calling this one the okay. This is the my worst, right? Yes. I'm calling this one the old ball trilogy. Now, this is going to get a very kicker out of this. <laughs> Number one worst is House of the Dead. We're going to have to skip because we're allotted for time. But <laughs> <I'm just gonna laughs> 
I know because this, uh, you have a lot, a lot to say about this. That's why I said that. I said, "Uh, we have like about an hour <laughs> about." Uh, but yes, uh, I, I, I know. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just, I'm just joking around. But yes, uh, uh, okay. Well, I'm not wasting time. Go right ahead, Richard. Just go ahead. Oh, <laughs> Speak man. your piece. Oh my gosh! What a pathetic, dismal, uh travesty shit show yeah it is oh man I remember seeing this uh, back in the day there was one point that I almost walked out of the theater that's when I you know this movie is so bad yes I should have I should have because this really really angered me so much because I used to play the arcade back in the day, the House of Dead. I played the hell out of that that game. When I used to go to, um, back in the day, like uh, after school, uh, every Fridays, I used to go to uh, this pizza chain called Peter Piper Pizza. Yep. Very popular in San Antonio. Uh, Peter Piper Pizza, the official sponsor of San Antonio. And then um, I used to play that game a lot. It was so, so fun. And, um, yeah. And then with this one, the movie, man, this, 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 just, uh, it's so bad. And, uh, man, it's, the thing is, what really disappoints me about this is that, it takes place in a freaking island. Yes, it takes place in an island that was not in the original game. It took place in a mansion. Ah, this was more like a island of the dead. The game, yeah, which came out like decades later. I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, many of you remember that game, Island of the Dead. Yeah. Well, obviously, that game is way better than this movie. Yeah, far enough. And, oh my gosh. So, basically, uh, this, this one really gave me a headache with this. It was so confusing. It was hard to follow the story, what they were going with, going for. They started to go with some kind of a, like a rave party of teenagers or, or t- mostly 20 year olds, college kids, I would say, college students. Yeah. And I was just wondering, what the hell is this? What am I watching? This is like a, like a B rated uh, horror movie gun. Like, so bad. This was indeed a discount. Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Acid movie. Yes. And what's what's crazy about this, they had one particular character that we have not seen since Halloween 4, no, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, and that person I'm talking about is Ellie Cornell. No. Oh. Rachel. Yes. She was in this one. As uh, one of the 
she's basically like a police woman or something. Yeah. But it's a, it's it's a you know it's a shame because they really wasted her, uh, her time in this movie like that. And basically, the rest of the characters, they, there was no plot, there was no character developments. It was just all over the place. And um, even the CGI that they used, it was so horrendous, like one of the worst CGI and that I've seen. And, and this, this makes, uh, I'm actually going to call this one, this actually makes the Matrix Resurrections masterpiece. Oh, wow. Yeah, believe and, it. And it, and it yes. came out in the same... Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You said Resurrections. I'm sorry. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they basically, they started to utilize the Matrix, you know, the, the whole style of the slow motion, the bullets, you know, and then the flying out like that, and then them, you know, jumping around like that. I was like, what the... It, you know, because, of course, that's what made it uh, so uh, popular because of the, the release of the Matrix uh, you know, like that, because they started to utilize that, the slow motions like that. And then this one, wow, they just, they just really, uh, it, it was just, it was completely ruined. And, uh, I remember this, it was, a, it was a crazy thing too that I, I remember, still remember to this day. When the movie was, was going to be coming out, I remember seeing the, uh, the trailer and I told you this, Jose. Uh-huh. You know what song that they play in the trailer? Oh, let me guess. It is, uh, may he rest in peace, DMX's Party Up. Yes. Made no sense whatsoever. At all. <laughs> why? Yes, why? That's, that, does that even... Yes, <sighs> that's something I, I've always remembered that they, they used that song. And it just did not fit the movie. It did. It did not really give me hype for it like that, because um, when I was going to this, I was going into um, after seeing the trailers. You know, like I was like wondering, what is this going to be? And I, I remember, and I also remember too, uh, before the movie's release, I remember when I I first bought my uh, first Xbox, the original Xbox, by the way. Yes, from uh, 20 years ago, yes. And, it was, and this was about a few months before the movie release. And I remember, uh, of course, the the, the, the the first game that I got was The House of the Dead 3 for the Xbox. And then when I when I, when I I was going to play it, and then it showed like, a, like an options, and it, it said like uh, the movie. And I was like, wow, what, what is this? And I clicked on it. And it was playing the, the behind the scenes of House of the Dead movie. And that's where you first get it. You get a taste uh, of the movie was going to be about. Yeah. And then that's when I first saw that, I, it really, it got me worried about this. Like, oh, no. No, no. They, they're they're going to ruin this one. And, and, and they really did ruin this one real bad um there's a lot of cringy moments in this too there's uh, 
really bad, awful blood effects, CGI. One of the earliest CGI blood, I would say, too, that they have. Yeah, it was just so awful. The zombies look terrible looking. And, um, and what, what's, what was crazy about this, too, when it first starts, it starts showcasing, like, uh, clips of the, the previous games as well. From They started showcasing the House of the One, the House of the Two, and the House of the Three. And, uh, it was just so weird how they were utilizing those clips during the the movie sequences. Every time when there's like a jump scare, bah! like that, and it, and it show it jumps to a, a a clip scene from the one of the games, like that, and then it was another one, bah! and another one, bah! Bah! and like that, bah! like that. It just ah, it's nerve wracking, just seeing it over, and it's just flashing and flashing, flashing, flashing like that. This this movie will literally give you epilepsy. Because oh wow! There's a ton of flashes, yeah, it, yeah. As crazy as crazy as sounds, yes, it does. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the movie is just it just suffered so many levels like that, and um, and I remember when I was looking up in the newspaper like that, and it had a, like a one jalapeno. <laughs> oh yeah, um, in San Antonio, that's our uh, that's like our our rating system. Back yeah. then, uh, you know, like one star, two star, three star, four stars, or five stars. Uh, for the movies, it would be like uh, we had like our rating system, which is like a jalapeno. And if it had one jalapeno or just like half, this movie was so bad. It was horrible. Yes, because I remember, yeah, I looked up at the rating system like that. And then I looked up at the, in the newspaper like that. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I was attempting not to go see it. But then I saw it anyway. Just because. I just, I'm just, I was just curious. How bad can it be? And wow, holy shit, it really, it really is that bad. So yeah, that right there, that is House of the Fucking Dead. Period. Wow. Okay, now, once again, still going through. It's insanity. Anger, <laughs> the frustration. The next, my next one, number two is Alone in the Dark. Oh my God! That, I rem- I just want to say real quick. I remember when it was the 2004 Video Game Awards on Spike TV. I remember Funkmaster Flex uh, saying about alone in the dark because tara reed was gonna be in it and he says i wouldn't me be mind being alone in the dark with her and i'm like okay like alone in the dark is based on the video game with the same name but richard proceed go ahead yeah <laughs> well of course this is one of once again one of google's masterpieces this is another one too now just like house of the dead they showcase another another. Uh, this was the when the when the movie was gonna be coming out. Uh, they started showcasing the trailer, right? Yes. And you never guess. Also, you can guess what this song that they use for for the trailer. You, you, do you know what what that song that they use in this? Yes, it was Godsmack, 
alone uh, I stand I alone stand from alone. the Scorpion yes. King soundtrack. Yes. I stand alone. Which oh, like what is it with Ooh Ball and using songs that do not pertain to the movie? Like it was what like House House of the Dead that? House to give you hype to go see it. Yeah, but that's just mass confusion. That's all it is. Yes. Yeah. And once again, this is another one they did with this. And, uh, okay, so now the reason, uh, now I did not see this one. I saw this one, like, later. Uh-huh. You know, like, maybe on, on uh, sci-fi, maybe, I think. Yeah. Um, so before this, I remember... Um, Let's see. I got in the uh, I got in the game. It was called Alone in the Dark: The New Nightmare. Uh huh. Yes. And I remember. Uh, I remember there was like a there was like a two game toss up back in the day because I, I I was gonna buy a game right. Yes. And one of the two was that one and Resident Evil Code Veronica. Oh yeah, I remember those. I like, oh, oh man, it's like which one should I get? And then I and then that's when I picked Alone in the Dark New Nightmare. But then later on, then I got Resident Evil Veronica, which of course that is a great game, by the way. And I, I really hope they remake this game, by the way. Yeah. And uh, so I got the game, yes. And uh, what's cool about it is that it's one of those um, one of those games that come in two discs. This one, this two. Yeah. Just like Resident Evil 2 had the same thing, Resident Evil Veronica had the same thing. Yeah. And um, so basically, you know, you play, you, you can either play as Edward Carnby or uh, Aline Cedric. Yeah. Um, now, fortunately, um, I did not complete the game. I played, I played half of the game like that, but all, all I can say is the game is way better than, than the movie. It is way better than the movie. Of course. Uh, one of my favorite moments of that game is the library level. I freaking like that uh, level because the, the eerie, the music, the quietness, and then you can hear the thundering, the light uh, and you can see the lightning. It was just amazing. Why in the hell they do that in the, in the movie? Because Ubal is the worst human being ever. Yes. And just to <clears throat> just to remind you that uh, not to offend, but, you know, from the UK, but he he's uh we you know we all know that he is a British director. You know, yeah. Which I, I gotta assume you know you probably don't probably don't like the man. You know. I know it's like probably everybody's like yes we do not like this bloke and I'm like I'm pretty sure you don't because like I mean for him as a person I'm not you know calling him out you know because he is I'm just saying that Ubal does not know shit about. Uh, video games and how to make movies about them yeah and uh okay so this one this has yet another familiar uh face is um Stephen Dorff oh 
You know Steven Dora, right? Yeah. Blade. Deacon Frost. And also from the movie called The Gate. When he was a, when the, a little boy. Yeah. So once again, this is another actor that they wasted tremendously. And once again, his role, he was basically like this um, elite squad or something. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, his mission is to gather um, uh, his squad team to hunt down these uh, these creatures. Yeah. Which they kind of like resemble like xenomorphs. Like the, like the, what's it called? The one from Alien 3, uh, The Runner. Oh, yes, yes, and they yeah, kinda, that's... They kind of resemble that, like that, yes. With yeah. that, you know, because it will run like that. Yeah. But the whole plot of it is, it's so convoluted. It's, it's, once again, it's, it's complicated. It's frustrating. It's so bland. Once again, utilizing the, the whole, the, horrible CGI as well. It's so, so bad. Yeah. The effects that was made and then the story itself. And it just ended in the cliffhanger. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then it was just so horrendous. <laughs> But, but yeah, that's, that's a little dark. Yeah. So, uh, so now, okay, now I'm going to get to my third, um, worst. Okay. Ready for this one? Yes. Okay. This is another one. Ooh, masterpiece. This one half of the trilogy, the complete trilogy, I would say, Blood Rain. Ah, from 2005. Yes, I remember. Yes. And starting Kristana Loken as Tasha from Mortal Kombat Conquest. Hmm. As well as the TX, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. And Jingle All the Way. Oh, I'm sorry. Every yeah. time somebody says that, I have to follow it over Jingle all the way. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And, uh... Whew, she was amazing on that. I would say. You know. And also in this one, too. Yeah. But this one, uh... Yes, I played the game, too. The one I played was, uh... Play, uh Blood Rain 2. Yes. Uh -huh. Yes. Uh, yeah, I played. I played part of it like that. I didn't. Uh, once again, I didn't finish it like that. But then uh, this one, of course, this one came out about. I think it was on the Sci-Fi Channel as well. Which is which is funny because after House of the Dead was released in theaters, so of course it it bombed miserably. So that therefore they started to release Alone in Dark and Blood Rain straight to TV. Uh, the sci-fi channel, I think. Yeah. So, so, so it's seen this one too, and uh, wow. 
this one, it had an all-star cast. And I'm going to go over all these, the, the cast members. Yes. Okay. Basically, this one, it has Michael Madsen, Meatloaf, may rest in peace, by the way, Ben Kinsley, Billy Zane, Michelle Rodriguez, my cousin, and Udo Kier. Damn. Wow. What a cast for this. Yep. I mean, Ubo really went all, all out in this one. And failed. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of characters, you know. Um, for a lackluster movie of it was. This one, it was very... Um, now, this one, of course, this one deals with vampirism. Yeah, just to remind everyone, it does. Um, this is a long forgotten uh, video game, I would say. This is one of the few that it was never gotten a sequel. And it was also the one that never never even got a remake or even a, a reboot, I would say. Well, actually, it did, Richard. Uh, they, did, they did get the sequels, but it was straight to uh, television. No, I meant, I meant the, the the video game. Oh, the video game. I'm sorry, I thought you meant the movie. I'm like, oh, yes. okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've seen no. Uh, I've seen one of those like that, and yeah, those. those wow. Those are horrible those, as well. Those were something else. Yeah. But uh, yes, but uh, but the video games. Yeah, they only made just two, just two games. But they never, they never. Uh, they never made another one. Oh, okay, I see what you're one, saying. You know? yeah. and, it's, and it's been over like uh, 18 years. I believe. Dang. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 18 years since Loving 2. I think, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, this one was, it was, you know, this one was kind of like a, I don't know, it kind of like inspired of Bram Stoker's Pikey a little bit. Oh, uh, with Keanu Reeves. Yes, it kind of has similarities of that too. Going to Carfax Abbey. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, and, but of course, like, this one kind of takes place like in the medieval times, like that. But um. And I believe I only I only saw this maybe once. Yeah, but what I remember is being bad, obviously. It was so bad. And I was watching, uh, like, a, it was like a behind the scenes, I think, briefly, like, in the, uh, some uh, a video that I've seen. There was uh, some pro producer, uh, I forgot her name, but she even, she even said that the movie was so bad that it was so campy, the writing, the story, everything. Even though they had an all-star cast and yet wasted completely wasted none of them had character developments at all they were just like in the movie just like that yeah 
and we're just in it. These are characters, but you never really got in touch with the characters. They were just there. And the thing is, too, you know, like it, it would have done well if the writing was 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 good. The story, if the story was good, maybe halfway decent. But even if you have a whole a all star cast like like this one, it still did not deliver. And these are all famous actors, actresses as well. Like well known. Yeah. These are like well known actors like that. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, yeah, like there was you know, there was gore, there was blood too, you know, and there was kills too, but it was like ah it was so out of place. Um it really did not make the game even better i would say because that i would say once again the game is better the, the games are better than the, the movies <laughs> yeah of course considering, considering yes there was there was you know two more sequels of blood rain and there was also a sequel of alone in dark and uh two more sequels of house of the dead as well in the past but those are all forgettable <laughs> obviously those never officially came out yeah. Correct. And uh, yeah, that's 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 blood rain right there, you know. And once again, like, uh, what's what's a shame about this? They completely wasted uh, Christina Logan in this because she's a very a very well trained martial artist. Um, you know, back in the Mortal Kombat Conquest. TV show, she was great in that, in that show. Fantastic. The was a lot of great fight scenes on that. And then, of course, in Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines, woo, and scene in the first sequence arriving from the future. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. But, you know, but being like a, of course, you know, as a cyborg too, she was like the main villain, you know, uh, a cyborg, you know, like that, and uh, shape-shifting as well, yeah. Um, you know, very, very similar to the Rep 9 and Dark uh, Fate, Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. Yeah. But... You know, they just kind of like use like, uh, you know, an endoskeleton and then use like liquid metal like that and then to shape shift as well. And then it's like, eh. you know, I mean, it could have been done better. It could have been done like that. Like it could split into to two from the, the endoskeleton to the skin or the liquid metal one. Could have done something like that. But nevertheless, you know, that was basically, you know, her role in, the, in that, like that. And then as rain and blood rain oh my goodness this was this was very disappointing i'm very disappointed like that yeah because uh uh you know because i really did like her in uh in uh, mortal kombat conquest and even in terminator 3 rising machines and of course and jingle that, way. that one gets a lot of hate on that one too but you know um you know it is what it is <laughs> i mean she had Pretty good moments in that movie, you know, a little less. Some in this one too, obviously. 
yeah. But yeah. So now, uh, what? Now we're going to the discernible mission. Okay, this is a this is a big one. Okay. All right. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Does not surprise me. Of course. <laughs> of course. Who can you forget, right? Right. It had you know, to come down to this. <laughs> now you know what you know. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a really funny story. Back in the day when this movie came out, obviously I did not see this movie due to a family emergency. That happened in my life. That you know, I did not get to go see it. I I wanted to see it, but I'm glad I didn't see it. So, after it came out uh, for release, I rented. I I went to uh, Hollywood Video. Mm-hmm. I rented two movies. One of them was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> and get this. The other movie was Batman and Robin. Ha! And how crazy this is. Two bad movies that came out of the same year, 1997. 25 years ago. Wow. A double feature of a cluster. <laughs> Excuse my language, by the way. Yes. Yes. Um, Yes. Wow. Okay. Right off the bat, I'm going to get into the positives in this one. Okay. Only the few. I'm going to say the way it opened. It opened really awesome, you know, because it showcased after the, the aftermath from the 1995 death out, <clears throat> it showed a tease of Shao Kahn's arrival from the first movie. You wait, pathetic fools, I come for your souls. Like that. Yeah. So he first arrives like that. Oh, shit, alright. You know, it's gonna be in the next one like that. Yeah. In the sequel. So unfortunately, yes, he does show up. And this grand entrance, when the whole uh, invasion started in this one, now, just to clarify something, the first movie took place between Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. Yes. And Mortal Kombat Annihilation took place in Mortal Kombat 3. And briefly, like, uh, Mortal Kombat 4. Okay. So basically, yeah, the way it starts off, I like how it starts off with the whole invasion. That the, the temple of life was being attacked by the the this extermination squad but the problem is is that the extermination squad is supposed to be Motaro's race of uh like this centaur race that's supposed to be the extermination squad the plot from uh, Mortal Kombat 3 now instead they showcase these ninjas fully black ninja cloak ninjas falling from the sky like that 
And then it came to showing casing the cabinets of Motaro, Ermac, Rain, Shiva. And then out comes the big boss man of them all, the Emperor of Outworld, Shao Kahn. Yes, we made his grand entrance. And I would say that is the best looking Shao Kahn. Brian Thompson, he was great as Shao Kahn. Oh, yeah. Great yes. actor, too. He was. He's well known as well from his roles from um, Cobra, Cobra, The Terminator, The X Files, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer series as well. And he was in uh, Black Mask Two with Rob Van Dam. Yes. And I would say the look of him, it was fantastic. I mean, they completely nailed Shao Kahn. That was the most awesome thing. The problem is, is his dialogue is so awful. <laughs> and laughable, too. Like, what the hell? Like, they wasted a great badass boss from the... Mortal Kombat 2 and 3. And, and of course, we'll always remember the most famous line is, and it is glorious! <laughs> oh man, it's so cheesy, the line. And, uh, yeah, it was just so bad. You know, the lines, the dialogue, it was just so horrendous like that. Now, of course, okay, now going back to this. Um, now, of course, and they even showcase the arrival of Shiva. I mean, uh, sorry, Sindel as well. Once again, another famous line. Too bad you will die. That's another famous line, too. Now, of course, what they did wrong with this, and it's shameful because they could have taken the time, maybe, instead of rushing it. I can understand why they wanted to rush this one because the release of Mortal Kombat 4 was coming out. Oh. Um, just to capitalize that, you know. But the three uh, actors that were recast, why? Replay, recasting Christopher Lambert, Richard Wilson, and uh, Lyndon Ashby were being recast. Because this movie was going to suck so bad that they would not be associated with it. And Christopher Lambert himself even said he did not wonder Christ's role because he did not like the script. So that said something like that right off the bat. Yeah. And that really suffered, you know, seeing the, the recasting, you know, of the, the, the cast like that, you know, and uh, 
the thing is, it would have worked so well if they if they took the time to more two more years, maybe release it in 1999. You know, because the majority of the other three actors, you know, they have like a scheduling conflicts during that time. Yeah, one of the few that did not reprise the roles because, uh, you know, obviously, uh, for one is. Uh, Richard Wilson did not reprise her role because she was currently filming I Know You Did Last Summer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Jai White was supposed to be Jax Briggs. But he was he filming... Did not, he did not uh, play the character in, the, in this one. Because he was filming Spawn. Yes. Yeah, so that, that right there, that just suffered right there. And... Okay, that's when it goes downhill from here. After this grand entrance of the invasion plot that just happened, and all of a sudden it just went downhill from there. And then, you know, killing off Johnny Cage, obviously, you know, because it's canon to the story, Mortal Kombat 3, you know, he's, you know, he, he's, he's dead, he died, you know. But there's a reason for that, because scheduling conflicts, uh, uh, lawsuits, uh, involving with the current, uh, I mean, that actor uh, who played John Cage in the Ninjas from the, per- the first two uh, video games, uh, Daniel Piscina. So that was the reason why they made the change. And wow, this one is just so, so bad. Um, it had so much potential. Once again, it had great costumes. It had good fights as well. Uh, the new characters as well. Even uh, the cyborg uh, ninjas, Smoke, Cyrax. Awesome looking, you know. Plus the unexpected return of Scorpion. Out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, also showcasing uh, Sub-Zero returning but is the younger brother as well and what sister scene is about is uh the actor uh he also played reptile in mortal kombat uh 1995 as well and he also played uh sub-zero in this one the the uh <clears throat> Uh, Bihan I think yeah Bihan and he was also in Beverly Hills Ninja as well oh yeah that too <laughs> yeah yeah that too yeah he was in Beverly Hills along with Robert Shaw Robert Shaw yeah as well yes both of them they were in that movie too yeah and it's funny how they had a reunion in Mortal Kombat Annihilation and it didn't know it did not go so well because it was just a short done thing like that yeah and so basically when they showcase uh sub-zero and then that's it you know you never see him again and then later on luke meets night wolf once again another great character never see him again and then they started killing off one by one one of the main characters rain gets killed off then shiva gets killed off 
what the hell? <laughs> Killing every major uh, popular character that you know all liked. Being killed off just just because, like, oh, done, like that. It's a shame. And then uh, when it carries on, like the story, like that, the plot, it was just so uh, confusing. You know, with the going for the between realms, the between uh, Earth round and Outworld, back and forth, like that, and it was just so you know out of place. Uh, yeah, and uh, also too, you know, a great, a great uh, character too, Melina as well, who uh, fights uh, Sonya Blade. The uh, you know, of course, the Sandra Hess, uh, Sonya Blade. Just to just to clarify, also. Um, uh, she's a well-known uh, actor. She's also a martial uh, martial artist uh, named uh, Denehi. She also played as uh, one of Quan Chi's uh, mistress uh, assassins, I would say, from Mortal Kombat Conquest. And uh, did a couple of stunt works too, stunt woman for for that, and then did a stunt woman for uh, Cristiano Loken and Terminator Three: Rising Machines as well. And Jingle All the Way. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and she was also uh, she also played a creature from the movie called Species. Yeah. <laughs> Never saw it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. That's that's <laughs> I don't wanna go too much on that, you know, because ooh man. The franchise that's, di- that's something different for a different episode. <laughs> different franchise, you know, but a very guilty pleasure, you know. But I digress. <laughs> so basically, yeah, they had like an all star, you know, uh cast two, you know, and uh same goes for uh, let's see, uh, J.J. Perry too is another another actor too. Um, he played both you know uh, Cyrax, Scorpion, and even uh, Sub Zero and uh, Mortal Kombat Conquest. Yeah. So yeah. And uh, yeah, so basically, uh, I would say this too. By the way, the first two, what I liked about the the first one. And this one, not, you know, of course, not not the, the story, you know, because the story is bad annihilation. But I do like the the songs that they use. You know, they're like instrumental type songs. Yeah. Yeah, that they use like that. So that's what I liked, you know. And they use that in this one too, you know. And obviously, I do have the soundtrack as well. You you also have it too. Yes. Great soundtracks, by the way. Fantastic soundtracks. You know. With this one, they had, you know, uh, Ramstein and uh, Megadeth, KMFDM, you know, all those like that. Yeah, great songs, you know. But nevertheless, uh, yeah, with this movie like that, when it came to the final act, the final fight, wow. Oh, my goodness. The Lucane... Uh, 
Dragon Transformation as well as Shao Kahn's Dragon Transformation Animality, by the way. This is the Animality. Oh my gosh, it was so... The CGI of both of the dragons? Man, it was horrible. The designs of the dragons? Man. And I would say this, Jose, the 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 violator design from Spawn was way better than these two dragon designs. Well, Let's actually, uh, because the the violator from Spawn was actually like half practical and half CGI. Yes. But it was made from the team from Jurassic Park, so yeah, that's why it looked better than this. It looked yeah, exactly. It looked that looked. Ten times better than than this than these two dragons. Oh my gosh! It, yeah, it was so it was so bad and and, and so watered down and and just like a, a low budget, very low budget on this. Uh, I think this is, this might have been the point where they were kind of losing money. They didn't have enough money to put a lot of effort to the CGI, and they just left it like that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Overall, you know, it was it was so terrible with this movie. So many plot holes. But I would say this, and another thing too, it was really confusing too. I mean, I would say the thing that really really messed up big time. They made Raiden, Shao Kahn brothers. Blasphemy. And their father was Shinnok. The main villain from Mortal Kombat 4, which of course it did not have white uh, type of uh, blue skin. No. So they completely made them as like a family. Sort of like a trio. The father and the two sons. And of course, putting them to, to fight each other to the death. Horrible design. I mean, a uh, uh, horrible uh, decision. Waste of effort. Waste of time like that. Did not make any sense. And that's when they really dropped the ball on this. Yeah. And um, what's shameful is they even shot a scene, but it was cut. There was going to be a scene, a sequence where... After the movie was over, after the fight was over, they were going to show they were going to showcase the the arrival of Quan Chi, the most notorious character of them all, most iconic character of them all. He was also a rival sorcerer of Shang Tsung and the Mortal Kombat Conquest as well. Yes. Even form an alliance with Shane Son on that particular episode, and of course, and of course, it was canon to the video game uh, Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance. And then with this, uh, yes, they showcase the rival Quan Chi coming up, you know, from the Nether Realm, from the portal, and he meets up with Shinnok, being banished to the Nether Realm, and then saying for them that. 
due to their escape from the nether, nether realm, they're going to be unstoppable. And then it ends right there. And it's a shame that it was never included in the Blu-rays. The Blu-ray, I would say. It would have been so cool if they would have asked, just add that, you know, just making it a little bit decent like that. But they just completely left it off. Now, the only way you can you can actually uh, find this information, just look up Mortal Kombat Secrets on YouTube. And you will find all the, the information of showcasing all the games, all the movies. And yep, that is my two cents on that. I'm sorry, I fell asleep there. I'm just joking. Uh, yeah, because I mean, this movie was so horribly bad. Where I'm like, oh my gosh. But other than that, I mean, yeah, I mean, these are like movies we do not recommend. It's just, it's just straight away, especially the Ubal. Movies, they are just like you. Just gotta yeah. stay away from it because these are that's just it. terrible. That's another, thing. that's another thing too, Jose. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you something. Have you seen those movies, by the way? Not at all. Good. Except Don't for, except them. for Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but Alone in the Dark, Blood Rain, and House of the Dead. Never saw them. Good. Don't watch them. Yes. And that goes for we all out there too. Don't watch those, please. No, please don't. <laughs> well, alrighty. So I'm gonna get to That's mine, good. which yes. Ooh, I just need to get up. I just need to get that all my chest, you know. <laughs> no, I'm... I knew I knew this was gonna turn into rants, and yet I did. I did ranting on this because I really. These movies were really pissed me me the hell out. <laughs> and now, now I'm curious about your picks now. Alrighty, mine. Well, here, we here, here we go. Alrighty, so <laughs> first bottom of the barrel. I gotta go with, and it's a damn shame, uh, the live action Street Fighter movie. Uh. To me, the reason why, and I actually like this movie, but the thing is, uh, because the reason why is because it's Raul Julia, the uh, Gomez Adams. It, this was his last movie, and he uh, he was dying from cancer, but he gave it his all. And from a movie that is so terrible, you know, that I can't believe this is Raul Julia's, you know, his last movie, his last movie ever. You know, and uh, and it's a damn shame too because you know you hear the lot of a lot of the bad stuff that uh, that supposedly like Sean Claude Van Damme needed his cocaine habit. Uh, like yeah, he was like he needed cocaine in this movie. He was he was doing like a whole bunch of nonsense. This way, that's why this movie was so ridiculously bad. It was all about guile, like Jean Claude Van Damme. It wasn't about Ryu or Ken. Uh, it was just, it was all about Jean-Claude Van Damme being, uh, guile, and yeah. I'm like, no, I mean, the the one, like I mentioned, who stole the show was Raul Julia as Bison. He was the one that, that, you know, he did it for his kids, this was his last project, 
you know, he was, I mean, the, the man was dying of cancer and he did this. I mean, that's, that's like my only positive about this movie. The rest of it was like, okay, what the hell is this? You know, I mean, I'm, hmm? the line, he said, of course. Yes. I always use it. Of course. And then, uh, how, and, and of course, quick, change the channel. But, uh. And what was what was really dumb was uh, it was one of the uh, like like one of the moles was in uh, you know he was in uh, Bison's army where Jean Claude Van Damme Guile he pretty much flips off you know flips off Bison and he says we're coming to get you Charlie and then everybody looks and it was like oh my god like, you freaking gave him away. Like, oh my gosh, like, are you serious? And then that's when, uh, you know, with that, they he turns into, uh, shit. Like, I was like, I'm a big Street Fighter fan, too. So I was like, oh my you, gosh. You, he, know what they, you know what they got right, by the way? What did they do? The costumes. Yes. The costumes look fantastic. That's like the only, yeah, that was like the only positive. But the movie script, like I said, it was supposed to be Ryu, like the animated movie was all about it wasn't just about ryu it was about the several character you know several characters but the main character was ryu where he fights bison but then you look at the live action and it's guile sean claude van damme because he's the main guy who fights yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah what's crazy about it and they actually made street fighter the movie video game yes a tie-in game the tie-in game yeah you're just better off playing the originals then there's a yeah. movie tie-in. Yeah. Yeah, it just didn't work. But yeah, it, it just it just didn't. Uh, the only thing was, and then... Uh, and then with Chun-Li, was, uh, it was funny because like he says, uh, the greatest day that, you know, when Bison graced your country. But for me, it was a Tuesday. And I was like, dude, that was like the sickest burns ever. And then when he got with Ziggot, was like... Ha! Huh. I was like, even I can see that, and he covers his eye because Ziggot is, you know, he has an eye patch, and I was like, man, he was just dishing out the burns in that movie. <laughs> like I said, uh, but even though it is uh, my worst pick, but I gotta say, it's still some positives in there. Like, if you want to see it just because for a guilty pleasure, I would say be my guest. Make your judgment call on it. Even though it is the worst, but I gotta say, what really saved that movie, like I said, was Raul Julia. May he rest in peace. Uh, that's like that. That's like the one. You know, it's like Superman Returns. Like Superman Returns was bad, but yeah. Kevin Spacey at the time, his Lex Luthor was like so awesome. This is kind of like it, where you root for the villain instead of the heroes. Yeah. You know, and like I mentioned, you know, with Superman Returns, and then with the uh, uh, Street Fighter, like you root for the villains more than the heroes. Yeah, you know, you root for Bison. Like I said, in many ways, you're, you're that, gonna root that, for that 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 heroes. By the way. Yeah, these are villains. You know, Bison, of course, if you played Street Fighter, you know about the aura of Street Fighter. You know how bad and evil Bison is. And then you look at Street Fighter with uh, Raul Julia, and it's like, man, he really knocked it out of the park. It's a shame that this movie was so bad that he he couldn't even save this movie, but he kind of did in a way. But it was so it was so good. I mean, it was so bad, it's, it's good, but it's really, but it's, it's really bad. Like I said, it was supposed to be Ryu. That's supposed to take the shot, not Guile. But of course, since Jean-Claude Van Damme was Guile, they had to. So I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. 
So this was kind of like this was the pinnacle of campy and comedy. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah, and it, this it had so much potential. You know, the the characters too. You know, the costumes. It's just the the story. It just it was bad. Yes. Yeah. The story was bad. The soundtrack was good, by the way. It has a lot of like the hip, you know. It was it was like rap, and it was awesome because it had you know Nas, Ice Cube, LL Cool J. It's it's a good soundtrack, uh, but for it being the movie how it is, yeah, uh, it it was really it was really that bad. And now for my next one, and this one, and, for, and this one, we were actually, we almost saw it. We almost saw it. This one was Max Payne. Ah. Max freaking Payne. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Huh. Com- Marky Mark and confused and annoyed. Huh? What's going on there? Huh? <laughs> Fuck you, Chrysler. Get over there. Fuck you, Chrysler. I remember from Ted 2. Uh, well, if it was Tom Jane, the Punisher, that would have been better. But I think it would have been like, okay, Tom Jane's playing the Punisher. No, it's Max Payne. Yeah. That would have been the confusing part. But uh, the game was pretty much awesome. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends from 20 years ago, he played it. My cousins played it. He's told me about it. Max Payne is a great game, honestly. The movie, obviously, is just confusing. I caught glimpses of it on sci-fi, believe it or not, and I was like, oh, good and thing we did see this. It Mark, was Mark Wahlberg as well. He was just playing Mark Wahlberg. Same goes for this, the recent new movie, Uncharted. He was playing himself as well. Yeah, it was like... It, it, you know, Marky Mark, I mean, he's a great actor. He has a lot of range. If you see the movie Fear with Reese Witherspoon, like, okay, that that's that's Mark that's Mark Wahlberg right there. That's freaking Serious. range. Yes. Serious. Yeah. But when you see, like, video game movies, it's kind of like he phones it in a bit. Like, with Max Payne and Uncharted, he kind of phones it in. But, like, his other projects are really good. You know, like Boogie Nights, Fear... Uh, Three Kings. Uh, those movies were good. Uh, those movies were freaking fantastic. You know. Four he... Brothers. Well, what was it? As well. Which one? Four Brothers. Yes, Four Brothers. Yeah, you you play. Yeah, I forgot about that one. But yeah. So, but then with this one, with Max Payne, was like, oh my god, like there was a freaking like angel in this movie. Like, okay, like I'm confused here. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like I know what the game is about, but I'm like, the movie. Like, like I said, this is like it really strays away from the source material. It really does. Like everything else, that one base. Yep. Like I said, I saw glimpses of it, and I was like doing research on it. And I'm like, man, this is this is horrible. I mean, why can't it be just its own movie without the video game title? You know, like what they mentioned about Super Mario Brothers, like. Uh, instead of it being called Super Mario Brothers without the video game uh, references and all that, if it was being called Dino Hatton, that would that would have been better. Yeah. But since this one was Max Payne, it's like, well, can it be something else other than? It's like it's just it was just a movie, but they just slapped the Max Payne video game title on it. It was like, hey, it's Max Payne. Remember this game? 
Like, yeah, this game came out in 2001, 2002, and it's a 2009 movie. Yeah, we don't care, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that, that was, yeah, I don't remember. It was, it was just totally forgotten. Long. It didn't even last, too, by the way. No, it didn't. It like Max Payne and then Max Payne 2 came out. Uh, the video game that I liked, and this came out in 2003, was uh, Dead to Rights. I actually love that game. It was awesome but yeah, it's another oh, yeah. yeah it's but uh but yeah because everybody's like oh max Payne. i'm like shit dead to rice was awesome you know and and really like with max Payne, uh, i just kind of like i felt like it it just didn't really, really connect with me i was i didn't like it I, like i said i saw glimpses of it and i just changed the channel because i said man this this is this is horrible quick change the channel yes yep and well that's all I gotta say about that one but then I got another one this is my third pick this is Lara Croft Tomb Raider 2018 I'm sorry oh okay okay the Angelina Jolie ones the first one and the Cradle of Life those were actually pretty good they were pretty decent like we were clamoring for a tomb you know a Tomb Raider movie and back then, uh, with Angelina Jolie, she did. She actually did a pretty good job. This is when Angelina Jolie, when I actually liked Angelina Jolie back then. Like I said, oh, this is great. You know, she's she's Tomb Raider. This this is awesome. You know, I would have preferred uh, one of the actresses. I mean, or, or the cosplayers from back then. You know, we actually had cosplayers back then. And when they picked Angelina Jolie, her star power, and uh, you know, with Tomb Raider, this actually it was it was perfect. You know, and it did pretty well, you know, in 2001 and then uh, 2003 with Cradle of Life. They had Corns Alone, I uh, Did My Time. G oh, wow. Great song, by the way. Great soundtrack. Um, I actually drew, uh, Ange uh, believe it or not, in 2001, I actually drew uh, Angelina Jolie as a Tomb Raider. I just saw the movie poster and I started drawing it. It wasn't as uh, perfect, but it was... But it was a poster cut up. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I, and I drew it and I was like, oh, you know, because I like Tomb Raider and I remember... Remember the store, Nick Frugal's, you know, when uh, when Toys R... Right when Toys R Us on Military? Yes. Now it's a Dollar Tree. I saw the video game figures of Lara Croft Tomb Raider and I wanted them because I was like, I like, I like Tomb Raider. I don't know why. Uh, my cousin, my female cousin, actually fa uh, played. She actually had Tomb Raider, and we started playing it. And, um, oh, and like I said, wow. I became yeah, and I became a uh, I became a fan because it was one of those deals where, uh, like okay, like it, like Tomb Raider was its own deal. But then when uh like i said you know back then it was great you know like oh yeah that's when we started lusting for Lara croft you know but then with this one the reboot the 2018 came out that's where i was like okay i, I can see where they're like they redid the game uh previously like they didn't want Lara croft tomb raider to be sexualized they gave her still the tank top but instead of the short shorts, they gave her, uh, you know, they gave her pants and boots, you know, the same, but they gave her pants. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know what's weird, too, is they kind of like, uh, uh, what's it called? The, uh, <sighs> kind of like, uh, I don't know, either race swapped, I guess. Yeah, maybe race swapped. Because in the reboot game, Laura Croft 
is a British young woman. Well, actually, uh, no. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think she was always been British. Yeah, but then, but then in this in uh, <clears throat> this movie, she she wasn't. Oh. See, that's one of the reasons why I'm like, you know, the games. She's, she's uh, like a uh, Hispanic. Richard, we are Hispanic. I'm not knocking that. This is pretty. Uh, that's yeah. one for it's us. Just, it's just a little minor change. But either way, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how bad this movie really is. Like yeah. to me, it doesn't matter who played who. The fact is, is that this movie was terrible. Like it cannot compare to the Angelina Jolie movies from from you know uh, 22 years ago. Yeah. And it's like, and to me, I don't have a problem with the race swap. I'm having a problem with, okay, how are you going to make this any different from the Angel from the Angelina Jolie ones? Like, like the games and the Angelina Jolie movies were great. You know, they're not bad. You know, the movies were not bad, but they were pretty good. They actually went with the source material, sort of. You know, they gave her all this and all that. But yeah. then when it came to, like, the rebooted games, like, okay, they gave Laura Croft pants. Okay, I see what direction we're heading into. And then uh, you get you came out with the movie, which was like, okay, when you see it, it's like the Angelina Jolie ones were fun. They were better. And you look at this, it's like it's pretty much the same thing, except yeah. it's not Angelina Jolie. Yeah. And they're yeah, trying to they, base they, it off the recent did, game. They did, they did a, a major uh, change in the reboot because... That that's kind of like canon in the, in the reboot video game, which wears pants as well. Yeah. Um, just to just to uh, clarify something too is that you know how Laura Croft will always use dual pistols, right? Yes. Okay, but in the reboot uh, trilogy games, she only used one one pistol. Because I can see that they're trying to make. Her more like Indiana Jones instead of like that's why that's what I'm saying like back then like the games and the movies yeah, it, was, it was basically uh, highly uh, like insp- inspired to Indiana Jones yeah yeah and plus you know like with Lara Croft Tomb Raider was like yeah I mean Indiana Jones is Indiana Jones but Tomb Raider was Tomb Raider you know Lara Croft was Lara Croft she had the dual pistols which was fun now you're just like okay you just have one you just have this it was more like an archaeological character then actually just being fun like i said you know it was fun back then with the games the you know the sequels and then the movies with angelina jolie those movies were fun but this one was was just was just bad that it was just long forgotten when i was when we were when i was doing my research i was like oh my gosh uh this one like laura croft tomb raider like oh my god uh forgot about this one from 2018 that's how forgettable this movie is like how come i remember the angelina jolie ones because those were fun and those were memorable yeah this one was like oh like yeah okay like we this was like unnecessary unless it was marketed correctly like the angelina jolie ones were marketed perfectly yeah because that was part of the the original uh games but then when it came to the reboot games then they that's when they started to change dramatically yes and that's what happened yeah yep and speaking of 
tombs goes to my dishonorable mention. Are you ready for this, Richard? This is something. This is a one that you have forgotten that I was like, okay, all right. See if you remember this one. And everybody out there listening. My dishonorable mention for worst video game adaptation movie is Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yes. I, re- I do remember that one. And Okay. Yes. yes. That one. Uh, Not only was that one, quote-unquote, whitewashed because of Jake Gyllenhaal. And okay. like I said, I'm not bringing race into this. But this is one where I'm like, okay, which one? Because I remember Prince of Persia when it came out, uh, you, know, dec- uh, dec- you know, two decades ago uh, in the mid-2000s. It was a fun game, and it was rated T for teen. You know, it was, it was, you know, it looked so cartoony and everything. But then it was like 2004, 2005. They went with the gritty remake sequel. You know, sort of like Dev Jam. You know, it had Dev Jam Vendetta, which was like cartoony and you know outrageous. And then the sequel was more harder. Was uh, with Dev Jam Fight for New York was more serious and more you know detailed and gritty. This one was this one was kind of like this was kind of like that when it was Prince of Persia, it was like okay it was like it was so fun and cartoony but then it came out with like a hard badass sequel which was rated M for mature and I was like whoa what the hell, so decades later you know years later they made the movie, Prince of Persia Sands of Time and I'm like, okay, with Jake Gyllenhaal I'm like okay. Why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this? You know, like I wouldn't mind if they did the movie based on the. This was more like a one-hit wonder, by the way. It was because after the sequel, I didn't hear anything after after that gritty remake. That gritty sequel, I think it just had three, three, uh, three games, and I think that was it. Yeah. And. Yet they never made a new. Uh, uh, they never rebooted. They never. I mean, now they should reboot the game, remake no. it. No, they should. Uh, yeah, because like it was like it wasn't like lost in the shuffle. Like I said, I remember Prince of Persia, and that was at the same time God of War was on, and then uh, when the yeah, Xbox both, both play similar. Yeah, they they were. That's why I was like, okay, and. Uh, And to me, it was like, yeah, you made this movie on why? Like, that that was a big issue back then. Like, you know how everybody has that issue where it's like, okay, gender swap, where swap. This one was like, okay, Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, they're saying it's whitewashed. Meaning that the main character was, you know, Prince of Persia was basically, uh, he's Middle Eastern. You know, of course, it's, you know, Egypt, you know Egyptian or whatever, whatever. But he was not Middle Eastern. Jake, uh, I mean, the video game character was Middle Eastern, but in the movie, it was Jake Gyllenhaal, who was a white guy, that they passed off as, okay, here's the main character, but he's white. He's not Middle Eastern like in the game. He's not, you know, it's yeah. Prince of, he's not Persian. That's why it's called Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. And this was one of those things where it's like, okay, just shut up and watch the movie. You know, it was like, who, like, who gives a damn? Yeah. Right now, 
they're like, okay, we have to gender swap and wear swap. That's what's the big turnoff right now. But See, that's, back... what, that's what they, yeah, and that's what they do wrong. They even did one too uh, in Mortal Kombat 2021 as, with Melina as well. Yeah. No. But anyway, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's why with Prince of Persia, I was like, okay, that's that was the biggest complaint. That's why it kind of failed because it was like, okay, they whitewashed uh, the main character because why is it Jake Gyllenhaal who is a white guy? Why is he? And it was it was a lot, but then it was like, no, it wasn't because of that. It was because there are certain people that play the game who knew the game, but yet it didn't appeal to you know the masses. You know, the mass audiences. That's why it failed. And it was one of the worst ones. And I was like, okay, were you doing the storyline from one or two? And I have not played the games. And yet I'm aware of that. That's why I'm like, okay, well, what story? Because it looks like the gritty. Like how they made Jake Gyllenhaal look. They made him look like the gritty uh, sequel. The rated M for Mature sequel. But yet, uh, I don't know if they're going with that. Or I don't know if they're going with the first game. Because it was called Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. I don't know if they mixed both of them up. I don't know. That's why I'm all like, uh, "What you know? What is this?" That's why I. It's confusing. <laughs> it is confusing. That's why I say, "Okay, this was <laughs> this was the worst." Even like Assassin's Creed. I liked Assassin's Creed the games, but with Michael Fassbender as just you know in a simulation, I'm like, "Okay, just stop, just stop fucking things up." I swear, just please stop. You know. Yeah, but on the flip side, uh, there is gonna be a new Super Mario movie, and it's gonna be all CGI. It's gonna be all CG, uh, CG animated. Uh, it's gonna have Chris Pratt as the voice of Super Mario. You guys yeah. gotta chill. I am gonna go see it because you know, like I said, you know, just give it a chance. If it looks appealing, like I said, I'm a big Super Mario fan. It's it's and it's been it's gonna be freaking thirty years, Richard, since. Another Super Mario movie, so this why I, that's why I want to go see this one. Yeah, like uh, if it were to come out next year, it would be thirty years. Thirty years, yeah, because they have it scheduled for December, but now they pushed it back to uh, twenty twenty three. But, yeah. but I am going to say this: I don't care if y'all. What's your deal with Chris Pratt? Just you know, why are you are you are you dumbasses still pissed that he? Like, he didn't, like, what is it that he didn't do an Infinity War? Like, he freaking had the glove off. I mean, it's, that that's another rant for another time. But I got to say, leave Chris Pratt alone. I don't know what your deal with, you know, I don't know what people's deal with him is. If he's going to voice Super Mario, let him be Super Mario. If you're going to be like, oh, well, it's supposed to be an Italian. Who's going to be in the freak? I mean, a, an Italian guy voicing Mario. I mean, they, I mean, isn't choosing the you know the character for the voice enough if it's gonna be chris pratt it's gonna be chris pratt case closed y'all people need to like get over it get on with your lives you you people do not have lives okay just stop it okay really i'm getting you know me richard josh we're all getting real pissed off with this that's why like we speak we say what we say you know, yes. like I said, like right now with Super Mario movie, if you're pissed about Chris Pratt being Super Mario, well, then the answer is simple. Don't see the goddamn movie. That's what I got to say. Like, you just got to leave it alone. What's your beef with him? Why? Because he didn't, like, take off the glove with Thanos uh, from Infinity War. Is that why you're pissed? Um, look, if people saw the show Parks and Rec, are you still pissed at him on that? 
No, you're not saying shit. What about Jurassic World? Oh, and all this. You know, just leave Chris Pratt. Yeah, just leave him. Just leave him alone. Just leave Chris Pratt alone. Okay? He's, 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 no, he's making his money. Okay? He's doing, you know, he's doing all this. Just, you know, then you're, then you're saying that, oh, he's gay bashing in the new Thor. Like, no, he's not. It's just, you know, like I said, you're always finding something new to hate on Chris Pratt. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to. Yeah, there's always there's always gonna be complaints, especially nowadays. Nowadays, there's always complaints. Full of wokenism. Wokenism. That's the one thing we we freaking hate on this on this yeah. show. We so, do that. Yeah, the woke mob as well as the cancel culture mob. Yeah, we yeah just say we hate you we all. Yes. We hate you all. That's why. I, that's why I say what I gotta say because the new Super Mario movie's coming. I'm just thankful that the movie's coming out. I don't care if it's CG. Maybe this is gonna be good. I am gonna go see it. Uh, probably me and you and Josh are gonna go see it. Or and Roland, we're all gonna go see Super Mario. We're gonna give our take on it. But as of right now, it's like leave Chris Pratt alone because we are gonna go see this movie and it's gonna be fun. I hope it is fun. I can't wait for it. I want to see a new trailer where it drops. I uh, can't wait for the merchandise for it as well. And that's all I gotta say on my final thought. And I'm sorry, but uh, Richard, what is your final thought? Well, um, all I gotta say is just uh, plain. Just continue, you know. Like uh, whenever there's like a new release of a new video game, of course, go ahead, you know, buy it like that. And just hope there will be either a sequel or a movie, particular. If they were to make Gears of War the movie or God of War the movie, stay tuned for those. See if they those come for tuition. I mean, so far I got a Halo series, right? On this, on uh, Paramount Plus, which that's pretty awesome. It really is. Yeah. If they can do something similar, have Dave Bautista be Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War. I mean, come on. What are you waiting for? Yes. And just continue playing on. Could have said it better myself. But yes, game on, rock on. And this has been the RNJ episode of the podcast from San Antonio. And be sure to like... Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and um, check out our new website. Uh, we do have it, uh, you know, drop in, and we have episodes, uh, weekly episodes. We have Mob Rules Mondays, uh, we have our Paranormal Weekends, and also uh, just at random, just be on the lookout for Taste of San Antonio, where I'm going to be going to uh, just these, re- uh, you know, like the restaurants and give my take. And my, uh, you know, what what is good, you know, a dish that I recommend. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the 4th of July episode about the barbecue. Of course, that, that one did pretty good. You know, thank you, everybody, for that. So, yes, as always, you know, for our audience, thank you for listening. Uh, for our German uh, listeners, thank you also. Guten Tag, thank you for listening. To our UK, our United Kingdom listeners, Thank you so very much. You know, tell your friends, everybody, you know, hey, whenever you're in America, you're going to stop by Texas. It's San Antonio, Texas. You know, we're here and, you know, just, you know, stop on by. Stop by the Riverwalk. Stop by the Alamo. You know, we're, 
You know, even if it's just a day, but right now it's extremely hot, so might want to wait. And I've got one thing to say is have a brilliant day. Thank you all. All right, Richard. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Richard. Yes, thank you for that. Thank you all and have a brilliant day. All right. All righty, so we are signing off and we are out. <laughs>